whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. Welcome to the BACA Whiskey Underground. We are here tonight in the secret speakeasy to relax and enjoy one of the finest man-made creations on earth, whiskey. Brant, it is time for a little short pour to celebrate your return and your uh, getting your land legs back. It's, it's taken a minute too because those first couple nights after when I got in the shower I was still, still living on sea legs and that is a fact. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, that that those first couple of days back on land are are definitely uh, different. Yes, just to say the least. That was my first cruise, so I felt like it was even more heightened. Um, yeah, because I hadn't experienced anything like it like it before. But it was interesting. So if you uh, if you haven't known or if you don't know by now, uh, Brant is just back from his very first cruise. Uh, he went aboard the Disney Magic Dream. Dream, Disney Dream. Disney Dream. Disney Dream. Did a did a four night out of Port Canaveral to Nassau and Castaway Key, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as we welcome back Brant to the speakeasy back stateside, we wanted to uh, to toast to him with uh, what we can only describe as the perfect whiskey for this night: uh, Basil Hayden's Caribbean Reserve Rye. Uh, so this is a, this is different. This is interesting. Now it's a uh, according to the press release by Basil Hayden's, it is a blend of eight-year-old Kentucky straight rye whiskey, from obviously from Jim Beam because this is all Beam Centauri, mm-hmm. uh, a four-year-old Canadian rye whiskey from I think it's Alberta. Uh, I think it's Alberta rye, Alberta Distillery. That's it, and then a touch of black strap rum. So they kind of finish it with rum added into it. So um, kind of interesting that they actually add the rum to the bottle or to the barrel itself before when they mix all this together and marry it in this vat. But, uh, but yeah. So a little bit of Caribbean sweetness, rye spice. We'll, uh, we'll have to see how it goes as we, we talk about Brian's Cruise because I want to hear a little bit about what your experience on a Disney cruise was like uh, so we can we can just chat about it yeah um, make it for this interest interesting this is a interesting whiskey to say the least though Scott to talk about the whiskey kind of kind of first you're right to have almost essentially cut with a rum yeah um, I will say a couple things <laughs> I I absolutely 
despise regular basil Hayden's. I don't like. I do, I don't like it either. I don't like anything about the whiskey. I don't like like anything about the packaging. I think this fucking bib and belt is stupid. <laughs> the belt the belt is kind of cool. I do like the belt with the copper and the the, the steel uh, logo. The bib thing that goes over the top. It's like I can't. I can't describe it, but it's awkward and weird, and I want to just rip it off. It's, mine is ripped. <laughs> Yours My dude's, is ripped. his shoulder straps are ripped. <laughs> yeah, and that probably was in a drunken, a drunken night. But it's a horrible know. logo. It's a horrible logo with a bottle or horrible label to the bottle. Whatever. Yeah, it's I awful. don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. Um, but <laughs> I don't like the regular one. I don't like the blue one. I don't know. Interesting. Have you had Have you had the port one? The no, the the, the dark rye. It's the only one yeah. I have not had. I think actually I've had a ten year. Um, you gotta like port. You right. really need to like port yeah. wine in order to enjoy it because it is very. The same thing. Is it cut with the port? Is it cut with port? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's cut with so. ruby port. Right. So once again, same thing with this one. I mean, they're calling it Caribbean Reserve rye. Um, very little that they actually call. Bourbon, maybe the original, maybe the ten years. Yeah, they they can't call it bourbon anymore. Yeah, because it's cut with shit. Well, the ten the ten years not cut with anything. The ten years just straight bourbon whiskey. And the regular original, I'm guessing, is straight bourbon. Yes, and once you get into these rise or these uh, reserve finished series that they're doing, the between the dark rye, the rum, uh, the or the port finished one, the dark rye, and this Caribbean Reserve rye. Those are cut with other things, so you can no longer call it uh, bourbon or straight rye. So this is that's why it's Caribbean Reserve rye made with straight right. rye, Canadian rye, right. and then finished with rum. Right. This whole labeling process that, honestly, this is why the government kind of cracked down on that. Uh, I think we talked about that maybe about a year ago. Yeah. It's just kind of like where, smoke and mirrors and then... Yeah. Yeah, it, it's an interesting concept they're doing. Uh, some people love it, absolutely love it. The let's let's get into it real quick on the whiskey itself. Like I said, it comes from three different products: a uh, Beam straight rye whiskey, which is uh, it's an eight-year-old Kentucky straight rye. Yeah, eight-year-old blended with a Canadian Alberta distillery four-year-old rye, and then Cruzan blackstrap rum. Uh, which is a do they own that? They own Cruzan. They, yeah, they own that. Yeah, yeah. It's a traditional heavier rum made from the blackstrap molasses. So what they do is to get that in when they sugar when they do the sugar refining, the molasses is separated from the sugar crystals after each boiling. Uh, when they do these three times, that third and final separation, so it's really really dark molasses. That's called the blackstrap because it's the darkest molasses that you're going to get out of the sugar crystals. They're out of the sugar cane, and that goes into the distilling that goes into making black cap, uh dark Caribbean. Basil Hayden's and Cruzan could be the two worst things Beams and Tory produces. <laughs> I'm not gonna disagree with you. I mean, I everybody's gotta I don't ha- everybody's really gotta have their right. shit. You can't have winners. Yeah, I don't really drink too much rum, but when I do, uh, I prefer Appleton. 
uh, because that's where we honeymooned. We, yeah, we went to the distillery. We, yeah, in Jamaica. We saw it. We tasted some ridiculously refined 25, 23-year-old yeah. rums, which are amazing. But, I mean, that's, that's a sipping uh, rum. Even, no, but, I mean, not a lot of people are sipping cruise yeah. Uh No, I hope not. This is, by the way, this is a rum that you make Mai Tais with, and that's about all you can do with it. So that's, I'm actually going to the Cruise Inn website because I'm, I'm um, interested to know because they have, I mean, what they're known for is just like you said, either just a, a regular white rum or some type of flavored rums um, is what they're known for. They have, you know, pineapples and all that. Okay, so they actually have a product called Black Strap. So that's not... Something that yeah. they made to mix in with just this. There's actually a, a cruise no. black strap. Okay, there's actually yeah. something called Hurricane Proof Rum. Single barrel, estate diamond. Oh and dude, they got flavors like black cherry, vanilla, coconut, mango, tropical fruit, blue lemonade. Man, guava. Anyway, um, yeah, interesting. So black strap's actually something that they make. So that's literally just, hey... How can we blend a couple things together and get rid of some of this black strap that we can't sell? Yeah. So, uh, Cruzan made on uh, the island of St. Croix. You didn't go there, but you did go to Bermuda or Bahamas. So, we went to Nassau. Um, and so, we got on the boat Monday, January 13th, and sailed overnight. And I mean, this is my first cruise experience. I'm telling you, we left Port Canaveral, got into open waters, and the Port Authority signed off on us, and your boy just hit the throttle. And it was the night of the championship game, um, the LSU championship game was that night, and um, it was interesting night at, at sea because we were moving. Um, my wife and I, Sydney, Took a, like a lap on the boat, just kind of got to get accustomed with everything. And there's a pool on uh, the forward, you know, bow of the boat, and uh, that thing was just toppling with water. I mean, we were like, I felt like we were on a jet ski. Um, anyway, but it was a fun night. LSU, of course, won a national championship, so we got drunk in the pub there. Woke up the next morning, and when we got up, we were making port in in Nassau. Which is a pretty cool experience to see too. This this boat captain, I mean, pull into port and do a 180 with this boat, you know, and, and just literally flip it like on a dime and back this thing into port at, at Nassau was pretty freaking interesting to to see. How long did it take you to get to Nassau? That first day. The, the, the first nights. So we I mean we we set sail. I think it. 4:30 was sail away, and I mean, when we got up, we got mm-hmm. up at 8 a.m. We were in Nassau. It's 300 nautical miles, something like that. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's just about a day so, sailing, or 12 hours sailing, I should say. I mean, so yeah, with 12, maybe 16, 16 hours if ish um, of sailing. So, and then. Um, I mean, Nassau kind of take it and leave it. I, I did get to go to a brewery in Nassau. We got off the boat and just kind of poked around, but there was a brewery called Pirate Republic in Nassau that has some pretty cool beers. I brought some home, but um, no crazy liquors. I popped into a couple of liquor stores to see if they possibly had a couple bourbons or anything that was international, but 
there was there's really nothing. I mean, saw a couple bottles of Buffalo Trace and then just your everyday regular mm-hmm. stuff. So nothing crazy in Nassau, but left Nassau and went to Castaway Key, Disney's private island, and that was definitely the gym um, as far as relaxation and beach part of the trip. Um, the trip goes. It was pretty excellent. Um, so wait now. First of all, let's 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 back up a little bit because uh, you kind of quickly mentioned it. Um, Monday night. It was a big night. It was a massive you. night. It's a big night. But being being the big LSU fan yes. that you are, uh, I watched the game. I got a re- I got and I didn't want to text you because I didn't want to jinx, but I got real nervous that first. Well, half. first quarter was was rough. Yeah, nail, nail biting. biting. Uh, we were not happy. Um, I will tell you too. So my family, my my in laws, is who I went on the trip with, and they are all also massive LSU fans. So we got on the boat. So I'll back up a little bit. We got on the boat, scoped out everything. We found out that there was only going to be three places on the ship where the boat was going to be, I mean, where the game was going to be sh- um, shown. Uh, Funnel Vision actually was going to have the game out on like the 11th open air deck. Uh, with the bit, you know, the big, big, massive screen, but we knew there was going to be kids and families and yelling and high-pitched screaming of kids and wind and all that. So we were not not for that. There was another club, but there was a sports pub in the adult-only section. I was going to have the game. We scoped it out early on, and it had a massive, I mean, like hundred-inch TV, comfy seats around it. So we were like, that's the spot. That's where we got to get. So we knew there were people sitting in there already chilling, having drinks. We knew everyone had to muster, right, before we, we left. So the game plan was is whenever muster was over, we were hightailing it to get those seats. Uh, and we did at about 4.30, right, when we shoved off. So we sat down in that pub and held those seats down from 4.30 to 8.30, whenever, kick, whenever kickoff was. Four hours before game time, we were tailgating at the, at the little sports pub on the ship. But yes, Scott, it was a massive night, awesome wind, lots of drinks had, shots. It was good. A good night. It it ended up being it, it ended up being okay. I mean, we won by seventeen in the national championship against yeah. the defending national champions. Yeah. No, you did you did you did really well there. That second half it just Joe Burrows took over and dominated that second half of the game. So you're the outsider looking in. Is there anything that you saw this year that wouldn't that you wouldn't be able to say that that's the best college football team that's ever played college football? No, I really, honestly, I really don't. I uh, and again, I don't follow college football religiously, but I do watch the national championship game. I watch the playoffs game every year. Um, apart from the Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, USC teams, that this. It would be, it would be interesting to see those two teams go head to head. That 0405 USC versus um, this year's LSU team. Honestly, you know, you look at some of the great teams in the past. You know, the, the Alabama teams of the recent yeah. future. I don't know. I honestly don't think they hold a candle to the way this team was run, the way they performed. On, uh, I mean, you look it, at on paper stats. I mean, you had. 60 touchdowns for Joe Burrows in one season is ridiculous. That's a pro number. Yeah. That's a pro number. Yeah, I mean, 
And the fact that Joe Burrow went from a, a third string quarterback at Ohio State. Heisman Trophy, SEC a, leader. Yeah, number yeah, one draft pick. But only that, I mean, the, te- the team, seven top tens, four against top five, fives, never been done. So I think whenever we, whenever we had done, so we had won four top ten games. It was the first time since 87 mm-hmm. the team had won four top ten games. We had won five. That was the first time since the 40s. We won six. No one had ever done won six. And now no one's ever won seven. So I mean, imagine how long it's going to go for – before another team beats seven top ten teams in one season, we only played we played and, fifteen games. Almost half of them were against yeah. top ten teams. Yeah, this wasn't uh, this wasn't Alabama playing St. Mary's School for the Blind. No, our, our Clemson our Clemson playing one tw- ba- top twenty five yeah. team the entire the entire yeah, year. Yeah, this was battle tested. This this was a battle tested team that showed how. Good, yeah. they really are. Coach of the year, assistant uh, coach of the year, Brady Award, Heisman Trophy. D- I mean, it was like, oh, award, <laughs> award, award. Yeah. You know, you know what? I I can't I can't help picture Farmer Fran. Oh uh, yeah. On the sidelines, yeah, just, <laughs> every time that guy opens his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but but great game, great team, and I'm glad that first night started off with a bang, and you got to enjoy the rest of the trip without any uh, any letdown yeah, whatsoever. Without being pissed. Because <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what would have happened. So, uh, you know, start start off. You you know you get on the ship. You overall view what it, what was it what was it like? What was your first you know? Because you and I did the same thing. My first cruise was a Disney cruise. What was your first kind of reaction to being on the ship? I mean, first reaction was just pulling up to the dock and just seeing how massive it is. Because I mean, you see them, but when you get underneath that thing, you realize. I mean, how massive it is. And then when you get on the ship, um, I mean, when you're at dock, you're not really rocking and moving around. But it just, mm-hmm. I mean, it just feels like you're at a resort. I mean, you're at a nice, I mean, this was a freaking 14-story hotel sitting on water, you know? And it felt, yeah, it's, and it felt uh, like It's a really that. cool experience. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I mean, look at... Everything about it was was great. I kind of got our last day was a day at sea, and I kind of had got slightly bored. But I mean, other than that, it was the food was amazing. You know, the it was Disney clean from top to bottom, um, which was awesome. And, I, and in service, I mean, we met some amazing cast members on on board. They were phenomenal, and. Um, yeah, I mean, had a great service team took care of us. Our stateroom host was amazing. The guy at the sports bar was amazing. Disney quality, just, I mean, just at sea, and that's exactly what you expect. Now, did you uh, did you check out the Millennium Falcon Star Wars stuff in the Oceaneers Club? I did not go down to the Oceaneers Club. Uh, see, that first day when you get on, on the ship, it's everything's like an open house. You can walk around and, like, just check everything out. They have a, a set like Star Wars section in the in the kids' oh, play. That's right. I do remember seeing that. Uh, yeah, I remember so, remember seeing about that. But yeah, I didn't even think about going down there and checking it out. My brother-in-law probably if he'd have known that we'd have went down there because he's a Star Wars nut. Honestly, now that now that Smugglers runs open, uh, it's kind of pointless. Uh, well, yeah, because you can like it's it's not close to being the same. Right. Right. 
Um, so the sports bar you talked about, what was the name of it? That was 687. Okay. It was the sports bar we went to. Yeah, we had, we had O'Gills on the, uh, the Disney Magic. Uh, good, good sports bar, nice beer selection. Yep. Um, always had sports going on. I think Monday Night Football was playing when I was on the, the ship. Um, just kind of, kind of a nice, relaxing, chill atmosphere. No, it was. I mean, it was a big open bar. They had uh, some high tops right by the bar, but also some nice couches they had. Um, and it was kind of that English pub vibe. They had chess and checkers boards and stuff like mm-hmm. that, all, all kind of set up around the perimeter. Um, backside of the bar was open portholes. So you had kind of a, a view out uh, outside when you were at sea and at night. So it was uh, it was cool, and um, it was the, one of the only clubs. There was three club or three bars we we well really only two bars we kind of visited there. There we visited Currents during the day a lot on the thirteenth deck because um, there's a smoking section nearby, and then uh, Meridian. I think was the name of the other one. That's like the bar in between Palo and Remy. Uh, we visited. That was the one that had like all the super nice. I mean, it had the Martell Lores and the and the right. Remy, you know, the the Louis Trays and that OFC and Pappy Twenty Three and crazy crazy stuff was all at that um, that one. I mean, and that's what you expect. It's kind of like the Victoria Albert, right? It's got all the creme yeah. de la creme stuff. It's got the nice stuff, the good stuff. Yeah, all the nice stuff. Um, um, so. Yeah. so- Take take a break from your cruise. What do you think about this whiskey? Um, I think the same thing I've thought since the first time. I, it's entirely too sweet. It is it is so like I, look. I don't like to rag on whiskey because I think all whiskey has a redeeming quality. But this one, it's it's got a ridiculously overripe nose of molasses. And it is. It's like, almost. It says it's eighty proof, but it just. Doesn't feel like it's eighty proof. No, no, it doesn't. It, it's kind of got like a, a weird. It's it's too much rum on the nose, and there's not like you you could tell me this is a rye, and I would say bullshit. This yeah. is not a rye whiskey. It also feels like it's it's got a couple in this glass that I'm drinking. Like it's got a couple eye droppets of vanilla extract too. Yeah, like we're just I like bet you, it does. you know like. It's too much vanilla, too much. Um, it's that molassesy rum. Too much molasses, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. Um, mouthfeel is very thin. Doesn't like coat. Doesn't really have even the stickiness of rum. I, no. I, I'd much rather drink a nice glass of rum than drink this. I'd probably much rather the. I'd probably it, rather yeah. the rum straight, the bootstrap straight, or black strap or whatever it is. Yeah, this one. This one with the with the mouthfeel. It's um, very, very thin. It lacks any, like, Cody stickiness that a good a good whiskey would have. Um, and I don't know if that's because they proofed it down so much from whatever the proof was originally to 40%. It just, I don't know. I would, I, I think back to... The Caribbean finished whiskey by Glenfinnick, and having Glenfinnick's really good Caribbean cask rum finished whiskey, as opposed to, well, 
let's just pour some rum in here to give it a bit of flavor because the two the two whiskeys we put in here weren't good to begin with. That's kind of what it. That's exactly what it seems like. Like, and it was honestly, Art was like, we can't sell this under whatever label this rye is. Um, let's. We can't sell this. We can't sell these two products. We can't sell this products. Mix them together. Put limited release on the bottle. Mark it at sixty yeah. bucks. Put a blue bib on it. Send it on its way. Yeah. All right. So uh, you stopped off at Nassau. That was a good time. Uh, did you head to any beach or anything? No. Did you check out the. Uh... Stayed on the boat for the majority of the morning in Nassau, and honestly, got a kick out of looking. We were at port with like, man, four or five other cruise ships, and there were some crazy ones. But really caught my my uh, eye and I, I kind of dug it around dug around on it when I got home um, Royal Caribbean's allure allure yeah. of the sea one of the largest ship cruise ships in the world was at port with us and this thing was and I mean absolutely insane it made Disney, Disney dream which is one of the bigger Disney ships I mean looked like a like a tugboat like a yeah, schooner. Like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was insane. Yeah, so there's a, there's a uh, there's a vlog I follow on YouTube called Trev and Chels. Uh, they do a lot of they did a lot of Disney stuff in the past. They mostly do cruise ships now. They pretty much exclusively do cruising, and they just got finished on I want to say Allure of the Seas or one of the one of the brand new boats from yeah Warwick the big Oa- o- I think they call them Oasis class. It is yeah yeah it is uh, it is giant. It's, it's got it's a, like an atrium down the entire center of the yeah. ship. It, it's got a central park yeah. literally they have a place called Central Park yeah. and there's a garden inside the ship in this open air atrium so it's so amazing it we really could is. see them from where we were at on our boat you could see that they had some kind of sky loft because you could tell there was a, a, a 20 foot glass panel with only like a 7 or 8 foot door frame and I'm like man those have to be some kind of bougie ass room so I went and looked I mean they literally have like multi bedroom 2,000 square suites, f- yeah. 2,000 square foot suites on yeah. this ship. It's enormous. For like $34,000 for a week for like this freaking room. Yeah. I think Andrew and I basically said if we get a chance to go on another cruise and then we do by ourselves. Disney was a lot of fun and we'll get into your final thoughts on Disney cruises but it was a lot of fun being on a Disney cruise. It was nice and clean. There's nothing better than a clean cruise ship because when a cruise ship is not clean, things can go horribly wrong. Right. I, I, I don't say that lightly. Just Google horror stories about disease on cruise ships, and it's not good. It makes you feel like the 1500s right. again. Oh, so I've heard. This, yeah, so I've heard. This, uh, you know, this Royal Caribbean looks amazing. I think we would do something like that because it's just, you know, casino offering is really yep. nice. That's The one thing I will say lacked on the Disney Cruise was any kind of, like, Adult entertainment. Yes, they had um, shows and things like games you could go to. Yeah, you could go play like the new yeah, Reds game. Yeah, they had all that and trivia and you know some yeah. hodgepodge track bands. We didn't even listen to. I mean, you know, but there was there wasn't. I mean, I don't know. And the crazy thing too is, I felt like the, all the entertainment ended at midnight. We had eight fifteen. We had eight fifteen seating. For dinner, I don't know. And plus, I mean, dude, after the thing for me there too, I didn't really give a shit about the adult entertainment all that much because after the days out on the deck, the sun being in the sun all day, and then eating at eight fifteen this massive meal, 
at 10 o'clock, the last thing I want to do was go pound beers and listen to loud music. And I, we yeah. tucked away in one of the little clubs, maybe went out on the deck, smoked a cigar, and I mean, that was about the extent of, yeah. of what I wanted to do. And that's and that's pretty much what kind of the drawback is to Disney, Disney Cruises, that at the end of the night, yeah, they, they do have some nice clubs. I mean, they do, do have nice lounges, like the, I think the... Disney Dream has that pink, mm-hmm. like, champagne bar. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a great start to the night. Go to dinner and then finish up with, like, the... There's a, usually, like, a coffee bar slash whiskey bar up on the top deck. Um. Um, that that has some pretty good whiskeys. Now, one of the thing, one of the things you had on there was a pretty, pretty new offering to the McAllen line. Well... I saw all the different ones. I don't know which one's the newest, but there was the Tawar and Quest and I agree. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Travel Series. Yeah. And then... They've had that for a couple of years. They're okay. Yeah. Um, I've had I've had the uh, the low-end one, which is essentially their equivalent of Macallan 10. Uh, and honestly, looking back on it, it reminded me a lot of Macallan Amber, just not as proofed down. And then I've had McAllen Enigma, which is kind of like a no-age statement but flavor profile to McAllen 18. Uh, solid whiskey, actually. McAllen Enigma was actually pretty good. But you had something pretty awesome. Yeah, so I got to taste uh, the... And I guess this is a retail exclusive also, but the Rare Cast Black. Um, and this thing just... Caught my day one that it was there because it's a bottle I saw when I traveled to Europe and uh, didn't really have any thought of taking home. But um, when I had a chance to buy it by the glass, it was pretty badass, and I jumped all all on it. Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's basically I mean it's super super unique, um, rare cask which you and I have tasted before, but. Um, one of the blends is a very odd peated Macallan. Yep. Um, so it has those less than a hundred, you know, maturing casks that have their most craziest and rarest whiskey and some of their oldest stuff. Um, but this one has a peated Macallan. Um, Pretty sure it was a peanut. Which is which is not something you find at all in any of their standard releases. Uh, It's something they kind of save for blending. Uh, They save for when they need to blend different things, like some of the color series that that we've talked about, uh, editions one through five. They've used that to kind of help bring along a flavor profile that they want. It's again. Something that's really, really rare to McAllen. So uh, in their normal line, so it's it's nice to see this included in rare cast because that's the whole point of the, the bottle is to pick rare casks from the distillery to put into a bottle to show off. And they say once the smoky peated casks are done, they are they are no more. Um, yeah, they don't do it very often. They just don't smoke. They don't peat their whiskey at all. So I remember this one. Um, Having just that very subtle peat smoke, um, not being a peat bomb, but just having the taste of you know of peat smoke, um, 
had dry, definitely had the dry fruits and oaks and that fig and raisin and kind of some vanilla. Very soft, not a lot of barley um, in the finish, but I remember it definitely being very elegant and uh, um, elegant and, and I wasn't drinking it. Um, all I could think of was, was a very unique experience to be able to drink this rare offering from McGowan. Yeah. So what'd you what'd you think of it? If you gave that, I mean, hard to do it post you know post drink, but if you gave it a number, what would you what would you well, call? Well, let's see. Where did I where would I put rare cash? Oh. Oh, I was gonna say, did you take yeah, the notebook right. with That'd you? Yeah, right. That'd been great. Uh, <laughs> I gotta find what we do. What I do with rare, rare cash. Um, so I gave Rare Cask a 91. I honestly, just because of the allure and rarity, I'm going to give it a 92. I think it was every bit as good as Rare Cask, but just had that little something extra and special. So I put it, I nice. put it in the, the low 90s for sure. For sure. Very nice. Um, so what was your stateroom like? Did you stay inside, outside? So we actually got a family... Uh, Veranda. So yeah, oh, I had nice. the queen bed, the couch, uh, and you know, and a, and a walkout veranda. And we were lo- fortunate enough to get mm-hmm. three rooms together that all that didn't have a, a bulkhead. So we actually were able to open all of our verandas up and kind of have one big three-room wide veranda uh, for everybody to share, which made it kind of nice. And then uh, stateroom was great. I mean, bathroom was obviously tightest portion but even the shower I mean I'm 6'2 and the shower was comfortable enough for me to get in and take a shower I don't think you know that's the thing is I don't think you realize like you look in this room and it's uh, again one of the bigger state rooms it's 300 square feet which is the size of it, it's well, bigger than some of the values un- yeah it's just under the size I think the values are like 311 so it's just about the size of a yeah. value resort at Disney the bathroom is tiny, but it's surprisingly comfortable. Yeah, I mean, it's all in design, like all sh- in design and, and layout. Yeah. So. And honestly, they're 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 nice rooms. They're all you need because, quite honestly, you're not spending too much time in your room. Yeah, not at all. It's a place to it's a place to sleep at night. Uh, have coffee on the veranda in the and morning. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, good good nice room. Um, you kind of had uh, kind of had some uh, some good views with the uh, with the veranda. How is the veranda when you're sailing out, like when you're on the ship? Um, when you're on the ship and the ship is at sea, the veranda the veranda is awesome because um, it's I mean it's super private, it's super quiet. Um, you know, we were um, in between mid and aft. Of the ship, um, you know, I would say kind of a quarter or maybe three quarters. Of, I mean, a third of the way up, you know, up from the rear of the ship. So we're in a great spot, mid, you know, kind of almost midship there, and it was it was quiet. You got to hang out. I mean, I man, I loved kind of just sitting, looking out into just nothingness, uh, and you know, into the ocean, which was which was pretty badass. Yeah. And then also just 
Also, the fact that my cell phone didn't fucking work was probably the best, the oh. best thing ever. I, you know what? I mean, that was the, one what? of the, the jewel the, of, of cruising. That was probably the greatest thing. Like, cause look, you go down to Disney. Yes, you get you get an escape from the world. But guess what? Your still your cell phone still works. Your boss can still call you. Um, you still get that ding of your email, the ding of your text message, your Facebook, whatever, Instagram. Things are still going off. When you're out away from that, now look, you can get an international cell phone plan and stay connected, whatever. Fine. If you really want to do that, by all means do it. I highly recommend you don't because... 100% don't do it. It's a short cruise. It's a short cruise. You're only gone for like four or five days. And that escape from the world takes you back to a time when there was no connectivity. When... You went on vacation, you went on vacation, you put your phone down, you put your life down, you put your life on hold to enjoy family time. And that was kind of the nice part about that. You didn't really have any of that distraction to the cruise. Yep, that was that was probably the best the best part about it, to be honest with you. I didn't really give a shit about the, the cruise yeah. itself. It was it was all about that yeah. unplugging. Room room was comfy. Room was comfy. Bed was bed was good. I mean, bed was fine. Um, you know, plenty of room to move around, leave our shit, put our shit wherever we wanted it, and and uh, yeah, can't complain. Couldn't complain about the room. So uh, you ended up going to Castaway Key, the uh, the private island by Disney. Well, the first of the two private islands. There's another one coming, I think, yes, soon. Lighthouse, probably next couple of years. Lighthouse Point when the new when the new boats think come out. What was uh, what was the island like? Uh, you know, I, I've never been to the island. I I did my cruise was from New York to Puerto Rico, and we basically spent most of the time at sea. Stopped off at Antigua, and we didn't get to go to uh, Castaway Key, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. But tell me about it. Um, so the island the island was definitely a jewel um, for relaxing for sure. I mean it it uh, we didn't so this was our first cruise and. You gotta understand it. If, if you follow my family at all, you know my family. When we typically when we vacation, it's several times a year. It's it's to Disney and back. And if you ever vacation for a week at Disney, you know it's actually hardly a, a relaxing vacation at all. It's you know. Oh, it's not at all. Know, it can be a lot of work. We do, even though we go so much, we do. Well, because we go so much, we do relax. Um, but it's nothing like just sitting on a beach for hours and doing absolutely nothing. And that's kind of what we did on Castaway, um, Castaway Key. There's a ton to do on Castaway Key that we wanted to do, but when we got there and we got kind of our feet in the sand and settled in, I mean, we did nothing but go back up to the restaurant and get, and get lunch. So we sat on the island for six hours and did just freaking nothing. Uh, and it was fantastic. So... We want to go back. I know there's several cruises that do like double dips in Castaway Key, and that's exactly what I would I would do because um, there's so many things I want to explore. Uh, you know, from riding a bike across the island to there's like a, a fire tower to snorkeling to you know tons of other stuff that you can do on the island. Um, and I want to definitely spend more time there. That will not be my last time to Castaway Key for sure um, because that was pretty cool pretty cool place and when we got back we stayed at saratoga springs in that new refurbished room and it was so phenomenal um that that's 
number that resort just moved to like number four for me with those renovations. Um, I I love the resort to begin with because it does it does have a very chill, relaxing atmosphere, and it does remind me of home because it's modeled after like the Northeast. That it, that it kind of brings me back a little bit to, to kind of being at home. I can't wait for those refurbished rooms. We have one requested, and I think we got confirmation of it for our trip in April. I'm really excited for it because the pictures you shared looked amazing. So Congress Park, I think, is all done, for the most part done. That's where we like to stay. Um, you know, the one downside for us is that it is so far spread out. Um, you know, we got we took Ubers. We always Uber. Um, we're kind of spoiled to that. You you have to Uber from Saratoga. You're yeah. far away from everything. I mean, you can do the bus. Except Disney you, you can do the bus thing, but you just you got to really be not on a time crunch to to risk the whole bus thing. But you know, we've gotten spoiled to Uber and Disney. It's um, our preferred mode of transportation. So we did we were able to Uber to and from right there in front. Of them, you know the main entrance to the yeah. room to the building set that we were in but you know you can't just pop it and walk to the lobby like you can at Polynesian or, or Wilderness Lodge so definitely a little higher hike we may try to stay in that set of buildings that's close to the lobby um, on a future trip just to kind of get that that vibe but oh the carriage yeah, house but we love Congress Park we got an amazing view I mean we had a view from Paddlefish all the way to the uh, the aerophile balloon. I mean, like just perfect sweep of, of all of uh, Pleasure Island, if you will. I mean, pretty much the whole Pleasure Island was just right there outside of our room. Amazing view. Went to the hot tub at 8:30, 9 o'clock on Friday night, and there was no one. The, the private one. The private one. The for, private yeah, pool the private right pool, there, yeah. and they had a hot tub right there outside of um, Congress Park. And there was no one. I saw one worker picking up trash, one person just walking in the area, and that was it. In like a, in an hour's time, so totally. And you could hear you could hear the rowdiness from Disney Springs off in the distance, but it wasn't enough to to bother you. And I like that about the resort. And then the accommodations now with, with all the refurbishments. Like I said, this is it's always going to be Animal Kingdom, Wilderness Lodge, and Polly rotating through my top three but this definitely kind of right. kind of firmly planted itself as uh, as number four I think yeah it's 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 definitely solid up there um, I, I get the love for Wilderness Lodge I think that is my favorite resort probably 1A 1B with Boardwalk I really do love Boardwalk Boardwalk's um, you gotta top stay five there. Have, you, have you stayed there? Yeah. Boardwalk's top, top five for sure yeah and then, but Saratoga is a is a hidden gem, and I think people pass it up because it is far away. It is kind of out of the way from the parks. Um, but I also think it's more of the resort that once you've gone to Disney, you know, ten plus times, it's time to explore outside the park for you. It's time to spend some time at Disney Springs. It's because honestly, in the past two years. The, the restaurants that we've had in the parks have paled in comparison to the, the dining experiences we've had at Disney Springs between uh, Maria and Enzo's, Enzo's Hideaway, uh, Raglan Road. There's just so many good things to eat at Disney Springs that I think 
gets overshadowed because people are too busy being in the parks because for most people, Disney is a once every five year trip yeah. and they got to spend their time we, in the parks. We ate at uh, the new Wolfgang Puck's Bar and Grill for the second time. It was just as awesome as the first. It was phenomenal. Had our first couple bites um, just on a whim at Art Smith. That was amazing. Um, had an amazing Bloody Mary at Art Smith that probably probably goes into the into the, the file of top Bloody Marys in the park. Um, better than Dawa? Not better, but man, I will tell you, this trip, we hyped up Dawa Bar, and the Bloody Mary was not good. Surprisingly not good. Very weird. Kind of the problem with the Disney parks is that it's focusing less on the the slowdown, the food, the drinks, and more so about rides and stuff, which which is fine. I mean, that's totally acceptable. But it's I mean, not the same quality as it was 10 years ago. Dawa Bar Bloody Mary has been a thing for Sydney, Sydney and I. Yeah. Our thing since probably 17, you know, uh, fall of 17. I mean, three years that has been like something we've craved. I mean, craved to the point of, you know, we scheduled birthday weekends around Sydney's birthday just to go and get a fucking Dawa Bar Bloody Mary from Louisiana, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, and they were great, but this trip, um, man, I don't think either one of us finished our Bloody Mary. That's how bad it was. It was bad. I don't know. Really? Yeah, man, bad. It's crazy. And then the bacon had this like yellow tint to it. It was, dude. It was, it was weird. It was weird, man. So we won't give up on it. Of course, we'll give it another shot whenever we go back. But um, something about it was just was was funky. Um, just not not right. Um, Could have been just for the. A bad weekend for them. Could have been. I don't know, you know. It was MLK Day weekend, so it was very busy, and that could have been half half the problem. But um, something else we did in New Saratoga Springs is we stayed at a treehouse the first night before the yes, cruise. Yes, that's right. Um, and that was excellent. Um, Fully renovated from, I think, uh, three or four years ago. It was beautiful. Tons of room. If you have a crew and you are rowdy, this is the place to be because it is so isolated. Uh, it was nice. Scott, we actually got one right on uh, the golf course. So we were right by, I don't know oh, what yeah. hole that is that's going back to the clubhouse. Maybe it's nine or, or it's, eight. Uh, it's, in the, it's, it's on the front nine. I want to say it's like eight, eight or nine. nine. Yeah, it was eight or nine going right back towards the clubhouse. We were on the sand trap on the right-hand side of the fairway there, right on, on that sand trap. And it was awesome. Um I will say that I can definitely see how the bugs would be a problem. So going in cold weather would absolutely be a must for us and a plus. Yeah. Um, I can see in the summer months this thing just being a fucking drab. A, dra- a drag yeah. in, the, in the, the, the heat and the bugs. And the rain. If, there's you, no if cover. you go in the summer there's months, no I would, I, yeah, I, I would recommend that you bring a lot of bug spray. Because yeah. uh, it, is, it is basically a swampy bayou mm-hmm. over there and you will get mosquitoes. So just be forewarned if you are looking at staying over there. Uh, it is kind of out of the way. It's it's definitely out of the way, actually. Yeah, but but very cool. We had six of us and Sydney and I actually got because um, Sydney's the youngest uh, sibling, so we had the, the bunk bedroom and we actually slept in the, we actually slept <laughs> in the bunk beds and it was okay for a night i mean look if we were there for a week we probably would have pulled out the couch bed and a couple other things if you know if we were left 
um, kind of on our own. Who got, who got the top bunk? Cindy was on the top bunk. I had the bottom bunk. <laughs> um, and uh, she was just afraid of the uh, the stepbrothers. Yeah, brother. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but we had a good. I mean, we had a good a good time. Like I said, I don't think we we neither one of us slept amazing in the bunk bed, but it was enough. It was good enough for one night. Um, did Did you have a lot of room for activities? There was surprisingly a good bit of room for activities. Not in that particular uh, room. Cause that, I feel like that room was just like a, a afterthought on the design. They were like, "What can yeah. we do here?" You know. It's like, hey, we got enough room for two big bedrooms or. A big room, a medium-sized room, yeah, and, a, yeah, and, a and a closet, closet yeah. with bunk beds. Yeah, it could have been a walk-in closet, but they made it a bunk bedroom. That's honestly, that's that's the that room is designed for a family with like four kids, and that's where the two youngest kids get to sit. It, yeah, it would be that, or perfect for two young two young couples with two young, you know, with just one young kid apiece. Yeah, it'd be it'd be killer for that, especially. If you're trying to save a couple bucks too, because each each treehouse has its own grill area, mm-hmm. parking spot. I mean, kitchen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it would be if you live within driving distance and it was a couple couples with a couple kids, it'd be a, an awesome spot to stay and hang. Um, and like I said, especially if, or if you got a crew that likes to get rowdy, um, it's probably a good spot to be as well. Yeah. So good deal. Well, all in all, it sounded like you had a fun time. Now, I know you got to do the brand new ride. Yes. Rise of the yes. Resistance. Um, I, I want to get into it, and we are, but i gotta, I got to have something different than Basil Hayden's. I'm going to just finish, yeah. That. So, I'm going to pour some Buffalo Trace, because it's, it's right on the back shelf here. Sorry, Jeeves. Fuck you. Um, so, Rise of the Resistance. It looks amazing. I've seen pictures, seen videos of it. It looks outstanding. My buddy wrote it day one. He said, hands down, best thing Disney's ever done. Concur or disagree? Man. Um, different. I have different levels, I guess, of opinion on this. I think um, in ways it is absolutely stunning Okay, as a ride, as the overall thrill I got on the attraction, honestly, it left me wanting more. It mm-hmm. did not. It 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 okay. did not. It just didn't get me. I, I didn't get me emotionally like Flight of Passage did the first time I rode Flight of Passage. It didn't get me. It, it, there's a couple things about it that lost my. I lost my engagement. So, flight of passage from from uh, pre you know pre ride room one through ride, um, I had I was I was pretty well engaged. But there's a particular part in this ride that I, I got disconnected. Um, Feel free to talk about it because I've seen the ride on video. I've watched the entire ride. Okay. Through. Okay. I don't know if you were. Waiting so, for not not yeah, no, okay. so if you haven't no, so no, if you I, haven't ridden this and you don't want to have spoilers you know turn it off for about two minutes spoiler yeah. spoiler alert but when, a, a bourbon cut podcast with some Disney yeah, time when you when you get on the ride vehicle the the moment where you, so you're in a prison cell you get busted out of a prison cell and you get on the ride vehicle massive disconnect 
just like, you literally go from, I'm in the ride, I'm in the ride, oh, wait, I'm getting on, I'm in, and I have cast members now. So I'm, I'm in, every cast member up until this point has been just in costume and in face and everything, and I get to this point and then, okay, everybody line up and get in here and you know, do this and pull your belt from the left to the right and pull on your own stuff, put your hands up, it's like, it's just right, total right. disconnect. So from so for for those again, if you're listening still and you want to learn about it, um, the first part is you basically go through this like thing where you're trying to get off Batu and the resistance is helping you get off Batu, and you get captured by the Imperial fleet or the First Order fleet. And this is this is the really cool part is that when you're captured by the First Order fleet. The cast members treat you like prisoners. Hundred percent. They they literally talk to you so, like prisoners. I think we should we should, we'll have this conversation maybe in more in depth off, but yeah, it just the ride is stunning. Yeah. The ride is beautiful. I can I can see the disconnect because at this point these are the cast members that have to make sure you're safe on the ride. They do have to do the so my check. whole they thing do is have to do if all that I stuff. could rewrite it. There's a point. There's a there's a perfect point when you should be loading a ride vehicle. And you don't. You there's 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 you walk into a room and there's a ride vehicle, a prison transport vehicle, mm-hmm. and you walk past it. Why am I not being loaded on this prison? This prison. Well, no. There's a vehicle, an escape pod or whatever. I forgot what they call it. In this room, you yeah. walk past this thing and you go through a queue and another queue and into the separate room and then the whole thing happens and then you get on this thing. But it's like, why was this not labeled a prison transport vehicle? Why were these stern assholes not putting me on there and going, you know, buckle down so you can't escape? We're locking you in. And like, you know, like it should have been more of a buckle right, down right. so you can't escape, not a buckle down for your safety. There was a bad disconnect in it for me that I'm like, this just got me out of it. And then when you got moving again, it was beautiful. Like I said, dude, the, the thing that I can tell you is you can tell they spent all of their money on this ride. And there's yeah, oh one, yeah. there's oh one yeah. the big room, the massive room. With, with well, the Well, that's the second big room. But the first big room you okay. walk into off the... Off your first transporter. Oh, with the with the stormtrooper animatronics. Yes. Yeah. Dude, that room. <laughs> it's is pretty impressive. So impressive. So impressive. It's pretty amazing. Ima- amazing, amazing, absolutely amazing. And then yes, the Adat room is pretty. It's pretty badass too. When you roll into that room, and there's those two fucking Adats. It's it's pretty badass. So. Yeah, it's great, but man, I just I had a little disconnect. I, I love the beauty of the ride. I love the complexity of the ride. I love all the different part, parts of the ride. Um, minor thrill. I mean, to be honest with you, minor thrill. Like, yeah, there's a drop and some like jolting, but it's not like a it's not a thrill ride. It's more of a dark so ride so, with a little. So also too, I mean, on the pre ride, it's showing you your escape plan and it's like you're gonna go down this hatch and it shows you like dropping down this hatch and you're expecting like I'm going dude we're gonna have a fucking tower Terra drop this is gonna be awesome no it's more of like a drop into space and then you balance out and fly away it's a, it's a 10 foot it's a 10 a very, foot yeah yeah I mean I don't know a very cool ride experience nonetheless and a pretty interesting ride programming but yeah and I can understand no, can why it breaks they, they down because there's I mean 
80 gajillion. Lots going on. Oh my god, there's so much going on in the ride. Trackless ride systems. I mean, Tower of Terror, you know, lock in, drop. Freaking Star Tours flight simulator. Um, I mean, there's digital screens, there's, you know, animatronics, there's holograms, there's. I mean, 3D screen, and that's actually, too, it's a great thing is there's no glasses on it, so it's nothing is actually in 3D, but there's holograms, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, like I said, it's, someone said it's almost everything Disney's done good over the last however many years in one ride, and it's, it's, it is, it's a, it's a whole lot of technology rolled into one ride. Crazy yeah. part where Kylo Ren puts his fucking lightsaber through the roof is fucking cool, right? bit cool, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's real. It, it feels so it's real. It's real. I mean, it's freaking real. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts. Um, All right. Uh, yeah. Look, Brent, that was, it's, it's a lot of fun hearing about the Disney Cruise. It was. I'm glad you had a great time. Uh, glad you had a great time at the parks. We'll definitely we'll talk a little more parks as the, as the year goes on because obviously, you know, season one of this show started with a little Disney tie-in. Disney is always prevalent in both of our hearts. Um, so glad you guys can indulge us with a little bit of Disney talk uh, as we sit here and, and cheers Brant as he returns to uh, the real world. Yep. Um, so, Brant, let's finish off this whiskey because uh, it needs to be just... We need to pour a bottle out for a friend. This is the one I would grab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one will stay on the shelf in the speakeasy so that someone can order it and we'll push it on, on Wednesday nights as a special. Yeah. If you like rum, if you like rum, this is perfect for you. And also, Scott, something else to mention. It's about double the price of what it should be. I mean, this is a ni- this is an eighty dollar bottle. No. Oh yeah. Is it oh, really? Yeah. I definitely didn't pay that. Oh yeah. You definitely didn't buy that. I paid like fifty mm. bucks for it. Mm. Even like, look, even at fifty. No, no, no you're right. You're right. You're right. It was about fifty. It was about fifty bucks. It's about fifty bucks. So, on this one, I. Oh boy, I think this one gets a seventy-two. I'm gonna just give it the same. Not horrible. It's not the worst thing I've tasted, but it's definitely. I'm give it the same rating because I don't even have the the energy to. To give it anything other than that. It's, it's honestly. Right up there with, um, right up with the with the four grain. I just don't like it. And I thought I liked it at first because it was something new and different. But the more I drink it, the worse I really do like it. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. All right, well, look, um, fun little short pour that does did actually turn into a a long episode. But no, that's only to everyone else's bonus. Fun talking about the Disney Cruise. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Fun talking about the Disney Parks. I always enjoy talking about Disney Parks. But it's also fun to uh, try a bad whiskey that... Because, you know, people say we give too many good reviews. This was not a good one. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. But you went to the Caribbean, and I felt like the Caribbean was something we should bring to the speakeasy. And um, I'd say uh, try this at a bar and then pass on it. Yeah. Try it at a bar. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Try it at a bar. Don't buy a bottle. Because then you get stuck with two of them in the speakeasy. And then you wonder how to get rid of them. Rum cocktails. There you go. Rum cocktails. And actually, that's funny. 
the press release does mention uh, this is a summer drink that should be served either on ice or as a whiskey cocktail to complement it. But Mm-mm. Basil Hayden's, you broke my heart. All right, so look, going forward, we've got some great shows coming up. We have the James Bond Quarter coming up. You'll, uh, you'll obviously want to tune in for that. Uh, February is rapidly approaching its end, and we need you guys to go out and recruit new members because if you recruit new members, you also get entered into a chance to win some awesome vials of whiskey. We're going to have two ounces of Stag 18, Stag 19, Thomas Handy, and some Weller 12. Yeah, Weller 12, the kind of harder-to-find Weller. Uh, as opposed to the antique 107 and the special reserve. So if you uh, if you get a chance, by all means, share the podcast, share the the Facebook group, and let others know this is where you should become part of a, a bourbon or a whiskey club to come talk whiskey, to kind of share tasting notes, to to share what you're drinking, and also to keep an eye out for new and interesting finds. Yep, Scott. I think. Um that's a pretty good prize for anybody that's just looking for some rare, some rare stuff. So make sure you're getting everybody invited in and check out the Facebook page. Always cool stuff going on there. Um, I know we had some recent people share bottle shares that they have gone to, which is kind of a cool thing. I wish there was more of that down here where I just had a group of people that would just show up, bring a cool bottle, let you just kind of taste around it. Yeah. That's kind of a cool idea. Um, but yeah, Facebook page, always got people looking for stuff, always got people sharing new stuff, plug in. Yeah, it's it's a fun way for you to kind of get to know different whiskeys. Um, I know Chris Carter just shared a bunch of different whiskeys that he brought back home on his travels, and uh, interesting to see some of his reviews on Cavalan. I have seen Cavalan whiskeys left and right, never... Never bit the bullet on it because I'm just not sure of what they taste like. Now that I've got someone who knows what they taste like and reviews them and, and trusts them, I'm a little more apt to do so. Amazing whiskey. By all means, if you've got if you've got a bottle, if you've got something that you want to share with people, by all means, share the bottle, share the tasting notes because that's the best way to help others like you find good whiskey. I love the the Cavalan uh, the Cavalan Vino Baroque. It's a blue label. Uh, Oh, that, that one looks that's so the good. one. I, that's one I like. That's the, I think it's maybe the only one I've actually had, but um, definitely like it. And I think those those are like some highly awarded Taiwanese. Yeah, they're Taiwanese. They're from Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah. No. Interesting. Interesting uh, approach to whiskey. So, um, like like we said, if you've got something you want to share with the, the Facebook group, by all means, share the bottle, share your notes on it, and let others know what you think of it. I know Adam Lichtenstein shares his. Um, his, his tasting notes from time to time, it's always nice. We'd love to hear your tasting notes. So what, whatever you're drinking, share what you're drinking, but also share your notes so we know what you think of it. Share your, share your reviews so we know what you think of it. So that someone can go back and say, I'm in the liquor store. Let me pull up the BSEA. Let me search the BSEA. And let me find some Cavalan. Who, who rates Cavalan? What does it, it rate as? Oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to grab that. And that's a great way for you to spend less time in front of that wall of whiskey at your local store. Because <laughs> by all means, it gets a little awkward when you spend 25 minutes there just walking up and down the aisle. Yeah, when the guy asks you if you need help three or four times in one one yeah. visit. 
And the, and the last time he's like, dude, no, you actually need help. <laughs> yeah. Your buddies aren't responding to your text yeah. messages. Yeah. 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 You look like that, that idiot that's scouring Facebook and yeah. you know, you're, you're on the, the, so, the rare whiskeys page trying to see if the bottle in front of you actually is worth something. Brent, a lot of fun on the show. Um, Less fun drinking that Caribbean rye. More Oof. fun drinking this Buffalo Trace. Much better. That is not good. Not good at all. No, not good. So, not good. Brant, if you came here to learn. Drink what you learn. If you came here to share. Share what you drink. If you came in here a stranger. May you exit a friend. And if you came here for an adventure. Drink, drink up. up. Cheers, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Ba 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 doo 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 do